Hello, hello, hello. It is Canadula, and I am here to talk a little tiny bit about CPS. I get a lot of questions about CPS and, and how to how to navigate with them and how to deal with them. And so I thought that would be one of the great masterclass topics. Um, now, this is a very short masterclass. We do not have a lot of time out here in these internet streets right now. Uh, I don't know where you are in your self-isolation, but you're probably very busy. Probably busied yourself because we must be busy, right? So you've got little things, little projects. You've got work that you have to do from home. Um, you've probably got kids now that are out uh, on summer break, and that is going to take up even more of your time. So these are going to be pretty short masterminds. Um, where I kind of just discuss a very simple topic and give you guys some tips. So CPS, Child Protective Services, is a, a, a local government agency that is separate from the medical uh, industry and separate from law enforcement. Uh, they work in tandem with both uh, local programs, but they are a separate agency they are they are themselves um, sometimes in certain states they will work under the umbrella of Department of Health Services but again CPS itself is a separate agency so CPS when they're dispatched to a can parent um, specifically for cannabis use uh, there are a couple of ways in which they will they will initiate uh, and engage with you so if you are a, a new parent, you're still in your place of birth and uh, you've tested positive for can, cannab cannabis or there are trace amounts of cannabinoids in your system, um, nurses and doctors are required to report you to either law enforcement or CPS as an agency. Usually what will happen is if CPS uh, does take on the case, they will alert law enforcement and make sure that um, everything goes according to plan and that uh, the communication is uh, experienced by a third party. And the third party entity would be the law enforcement. They also make sure that any um, laws that might be enforced are done swiftly and with great authority. So in that instance where CPS uh, comes into a birthing room or a birthing suite or uh, happens to knock on the door if you have, have given birth at home and they've explained to you that a case has been opened uh, pertaining to your cannabis use, uh, they're going to explain the entire process. They're going to want to possibly interview either your spouse or a family member who lives in the home and then they're going to present you with paperwork. This paperwork can either be signed or unsigned, but they will leave it with you and they have a copy for themselves as well. And that is just a basic rundown of the uh, discussion of the case, um, simple notes that the agent may have taken. And it's, dis it's a basic disclosure of the information that they will be submitting. After that, they may want to schedule an in-home inspection. In-home inspections from CPS are 
intrusive, invasive, embarrassing. Uh, however, there's something that, that a lot of people are just going to have to bite the bullet and deal with at this particular time. So a home inspection usually goes a little something like this. Uh, the agent or agents will come into the home and they will request to see certain areas of the home. Can I see the children's room? Can I see the kitchen? Uh, can, may I see where you keep your, medi your, medis your medication or your medicinal cannabis? Um, at, at any point you can decline, but that will go into your case that you've declined uh, access to a certain cabinet or a certain drawer or a certain room. So just be mindful of, of how much compliance you actually have to um, permit them and, and, and really just how much you have to yield to their uh, ultimate power. They really would like to think that they have ultimate power. Um, so during this home inspection, you'll open up cabinets. Again, they will not touch any of your uh, belongings. They will not touch your stuff. And if they do, um, you can very quickly say, can you please not touch that? Um, or please don't go through that. Uh, do you, are you looking for something? Do you need to see something? Um, just making sure that you are advocating for the, the space you are in as your own. Um, if they don't have a search warrant, it's kind of, you know, they're just supposed to look at things, okay? And if they did have a search warrant, there would be a law enforcement official there to enforce that uh, search warrant. After that, you may have occasional visits from CPS until the case is closed. They will tell you when the case is closed. It could be closed the same day as the inspection. It could be closed a week or two or a month later. If they do not tell you that the case is closed, it is still open and pending. You must remember that because you could at any moment have an, have an unscheduled visit. Um, that still means that they might have to reach out to people that you know, employers, um, possibly medical professionals, even though they won't be able to disclose anything. Uh, but just, just know that you will be under investigation if the case uh, remains open. So with all of that, how do you avoid dealing with DHS CPS bullshit? How do you, how do you just get that stuff far away from you so you never have to deal with it? The sad thing is that you really, you can't, there's no safeguards against this. Unfortunately, under a lot of state cannabis law, parents have very few rights written into legislature. So parents are really protected against um, being reported solely based on cannabis uh, use. Um, however, that, that, that can easily become something else very quickly. They can find basically anything and kind of say, oh, well, you know, your floors are a little messy. Maybe, you know, clean your house a little bit better. You know, the, it could be the most petty of things. Once they have cannabis on the, on the, the case file, they really just look for anything else to mess with because a lot of these agencies and a lot of these agents know that cannabis use alone does not make 
an abusive, neglectful parent. That there, there's usually other things involved if abuse and neglect are, are present. Um, so when you're, when you have to deal with them, you just have to deal with them. When, if you never have to deal with them, then you never have to deal with them. It kind of, it's, it's almost as if, if you've never gotten a speeding ticket, then you've never gotten one. If you've never gotten a parking ticket, then you've never gotten one. Not lots of people, you know, park illegally, their meters run out. There's, there's plenty of instances where they could be caught, you know, in, in some kind of uh, sense or form of the word, but they're not, they, they skate by, they slip through the cracks. So plenty of cannabis parents will say, I've never been reported. I've never had um, interaction with CPS and I've been uh, a cannabis consumer uh, for most of my adult life and my children are now grown adults and, and I've never had that experience. Other parents will say, the moment I had my child, CPS was on my back. So the experiences are going to be different. And, and unfortunately, there's no right or wrong way to go about this life um, so that you will never have to deal with these agencies. So with all that being said, let's go ahead and talk about some best, best practices that uh, can parents can utilize um, just to make the, the experience a little bit easier, especially if CPS invo is involved. One of the first things you're going to want to make sure you do is keep your meds outside of, of the accessible range for children. This is sometimes very difficult for new canna parents because they've never had to think about where they load their bowls, where they dab, how their dab rigs are set up. Um, they've never had to think about that, even down to where their ashtrays are, okay? All of this stuff has to be contained in a medicating station once you become a parent. These stations um, are, are, can be very ritualistic and beautiful in nature. You can create simple altar spaces for your medicine, but your medicine is going to be in childproof containers, um, possibly even a lockbox if you have the option. There are uh, uh, storage bags specifically made for cannabis on Amazon that have uh, either a lock or a basic code that you punch in. Um, these are very, very helpful, especially with older children. Um, the, the most important thing that you need to remember is your cannabis consumption and your best practices as a cannabis parent will change and evolve as your children grow. So as, a, as an infant, as a baby, what, what's really best is a lot of air circulation and a lot of cannabis consumption outdoors. That will safeguard your baby's lungs. It will make your, your home a little bit more open and inviting to any uninvited guests. And it, it overall prepares you for possibly becoming more diligent and, uh, and more cognitive of 
different rules and customs that you might have to utilize later on with your children. For older children, somewhere around toddler um, to kinder range, what you're going to want to do is decide whether or not cannabis use is normalized in your home or if it is something that you'd like to keep private and away from um, your children. Some parents do a little bit of both. Some parents are very uh, adamant that they will not consume cannabis in front of their children. Um, I err on the side of being completely open and honest with my children only because I find that keeping cannabis in a veil of secrecy uh, can lead to a lot of curiosity uh, of the young mind. So I, I like to keep everything very open and honest. I do consume um, in my home, my children are here, um, and they know exactly what's happening, that I am administering medicine to my body, and that's just how it is. That's how this medicine works. We use essential oils, we use diffusers. They've seen how medicine works in other, um, in other areas of our life. So this is nothing different, you know what I mean? Um, akin to smudging, akin to burning Palo Santo. This is what cannabis is in our home. Uh, so you, you decide that right around toddler to kinder age. Moving forward from that, um, as children become more aware of when you might be medicating, why you might be medicating, again, conversation and communication is key. Uh, communicate with your child what, what this medicine has done for you and what it continues to do for you. Um, explain uh, the different ways in, the, in, in which people may abuse this medicine because all medicine can be abused in some way. Uh, keeping in mind, by the way, that, that bias and stigma has no place in these conversations. Um, if you don't know how to check that, if you still need to unpack that, uh, do it outside of your children's gaze. Please, 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 please. As I get a little bit older, again, that altar space, that medication station changes dramatically. Lock boxes become ever so more important, especially when your children start to socialize outside of the home. Uh, depending on the influences that they have, they may get into your stash eventually. They may ask you for some eventually. And in those instances, you have to be that responsible adult and, and lay some boundaries and some guidelines I know that many cannabis parents end up consuming cannabis with their, their teen and young adult children. That's something that's completely up to you. If your children are curious about it and you've decided that's how you're going to parent, more power to you. A lot of people would err on the side of caution and say, you're going to have to slow your roll a little bit, stay out of my shit. <laughs> and when you want them to stay out of your shit, lock boxes and lock stash boxes are going to be very, very, very important to you. Not just the key entry ones, but the code entry ones. So there's a lot of differences that happen from when you are a first time parent, baby fresh out, fresh out of the snatch versus your 16, 17 year old 
um, young adult child who is more than willing and capable of getting into things that they don't need to be getting into, including medications. So I hope that this explains in a little bit of detail what the experience is like with CPS, how best practices as a cannabis parent will kind of safeguard you from a lot of the intricacies of the dance between CPS and parent. Um, And if you have any questions, let me know and maybe we'll do a part two on this. If you want more detail on different laws, you know, I might make that into a written, a written document, a little workbook for you. But I thought I would just come out here and talk because the house is empty and quiet. And this is a question that I get asked in my DMs so, so very often that I thought I would put it out into the universe as an audio. Thank you so much for giving me your time. I know that this is a long one, but you know, I'm long winded and I have to explain things. Uh, follow me on Instagram at the Canadula. You can also email me at talk.canadula.life. And you can also go on over to my website and read my blog over at www.canadula.life. I will catch you out on these internet streets.